702. Family Matters. We're discussing self-sabotage on our Family Matters feature. How can you identify and overcome self-sabotage? I said earlier that many people do self-sabotage to some degree, whether they're conscious of it or not. Um, For some people, self-sabotage is used as a protective mechanism you know, to keep them safe from potential danger or harm. And maybe you self-sabotage because of low self-esteem. Maybe for you, it's the fear of getting hurt or the fear of commitment. You know, some people self-sabotage because they have unhealthy relationship uh, beliefs. Some people do it because they fear success. So how often do we even self-sabotage and say, well, it wasn't meant to be. We say it wasn't my destiny instead of taking accountability for our own actions. Because that's what we do most of the time, isn't it? Do you have self-sabotaging behavior? I want you to share your experience with how you, perhaps you're one of those that have dealt with self-sabotaging behavior. You found a way to navigate it. What's been your experience with self-sabotage? And what's your reason for self-sabotaging? You can give us a call on 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line 072 702 1702. Dr. Dumi Mashiro is a clinical and sports psychologist. Uh, Dr. Mashiro is going to guide us through this conversation. Thank you for making time for us, Dr. Mashiro. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Good morning to your listeners. Thank you for having me. You know, as I was reading up on self sabotage last night, I, I couldn't help but be real with myself in that many times when I have found myself self-sabotaging you know on the other side of it i come out saying well it wasn't meant to be or well it wasn't the destiny instead of taking accountability for my own actions so the easiest thing to do and the easier way to go for is well it wasn't meant to be why is sabotage so such a thing for us you know why, why are we sabotaging our own efforts and why do we do it so well you know, sometimes we uh, are not even aware when we master certain behaviors and certain actions and reactions. And because we are habitual beings, you know, these become our habits that we're not aware of. But I think to start off, let's explain what the mind is, because sometimes we talk about the power of the mind and that we need to, you know, do the work within our minds so that behaviors such as self-sabotage do not happen. But I think we take it for granted that actually uh, people do not quite comprehend what the mind is and why it's powerful. So let me try to draw a picture. If we can imagine an iceberg uh, below the water, that's 90 percent. Um, of that iceberg is the subconscious and 10% above the water, that's the behaviors that we see. So that's people's actions, reactions, overcompensation, uh, the imposter syndrome behaviors and how people behave in relationships at work and within their family. Now below the surface, below that water, it's 90% of the subconscious. Now the subconscious consists of our feelings, our traumas, our defense mechanisms, you know, our relationships, um, heartbreak, the perceptions of life, the way we view ourselves and the way we view our world, um, the repressed things that we have, our fears and our anxiety. And that river is full of a lot of things. (laughs) And it is powerful because the things in this river, the 90% of our subconscious, those things determine our reality 
but now they don't have manners, right? So meaning they can pop up at any time, mm. leading to behaviors that we see, such as self-sabotage. So it's almost like, you know, when someone self-sabotages on the surface, we need to sit with them and ask, what is going on below the surface? What is really going on with Clement? Why is he saying what he's saying or acting or behaving in the manner in which he's behaving? And that's where then we get to sit with him and determine what's going on below the surface that's triggering or leading to this behavior. And that's why then we're constantly saying there's power within the mind. This is literally what we mean, this subconscious river. Uh, it, it, it continually is there and it needs your attention. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to really do the work to unpack uh, what's going on and to also understand that it's very gullible. So the minute you tell yourself that you are useless and you internalize that, it becomes your reality and you believe it. Yeah. At the same time, if you do a 360 and you tell yourself that actually I'm, I'm a great person, you know, I'm destined for greatness. It also believes you. <laughs> so it knows no wrong. So that's why then it becomes important to do the work within to see what's triggering this self-sabotaging behavior or actions or reactions in the conscious that we see. Because it can be so many things. I mentioned that, you know, some people and, yeah. and I've got some WhatsApps coming through, people sharing their own experiences of why or the reasons they think they self-sabotage. And, and part of that is just the fear of commitment and the fear of... Yeah of getting hurt. So you are so fearful of getting hurt or of commitment or of success that you would rather sabotage this thing. But as you say, the mind is such a powerful thing because why would we sabotage our own efforts to do well? Because all of us want to do well. All of us, you know, want the success. We want the, the happy relationship. We want a good working environment. We want, you know, that promotion. <laughs> but when it comes... As you said, below the surface, there's a lot going on there in the subconscious that then result in you behaving in a way that then compromises that goal. How do I know that I'm sabotaging myself? Um, are, there, are there obvious things um, to identify? Are there things that are harder to recognize? Because someone may be listening to us. How do I know um, I've been self-sabotaging? I think it's doing a check-in with yourself. Sometimes it's not easy. So for me, I always recommend that, um, you know, get uh, an objective mirror to help you see what's going on. Um, so but if you are uncomfortable in your skin or uncomfortable with yourself in certain areas of your life, such as work, I think that's where it can begin, where you start looking at, you know, your behaviors, how they impact others, but also how they impact you. If you're also not being authentic. So, uh, you know, you, you, you also, um, uh, if you're functioning from a place of pain, uh, that can come across as self-sabotaging behavior. So it goes back to just being more self-aware of what's going on within. Uh, as human beings, we're very defensive. We aren't autopilot. So uh, we really need to learn how to sit with ourselves and reflect. So maybe if we can, you know, uh, each day reflect on the day and uh, the things that happened and authentically and with self to say, you know, interaction with that person, it seemed like I said this, but actually I don't believe what it is I said to that person about myself. Or really, if I said, let me look back, I've been doing this, I have the pattern of being away from interacting closely with people or starting to behave in a certain manner because I'm scared of being hurt. Now do the work to process and navigate fear of being hurt uh, and um, as human beings we do it very well to master the 
of suppression. <laughs> we suppress and repress things very well. But when, once you see that there's patterns in your life, you know, go back uh, in your relationships, at work, family, uh, even in your personal relationships, where you can see certain pattern, then you need to do the work to see the source of this pattern. And, uh, mm. Sometimes it's not easy to do that for ourselves. We need help. Uh, or a mirror, a professional to help you sit with, you know, the truth about your experience. Yeah. I want to take some calls now, some WhatsApp voice notes as well and texts from some of our listeners. Uh, please join the conversation. Self-sabotage. Um, have you managed to identify, have you managed to overcome self-sabotage? Uh, let me know on 011-883-0702. Uh, the WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Perhaps you have a question uh, for Dr. Tumi. Mashiro, who's our guest this hour. She's a clinical and sports psychologist. Uh, Nelly, in Bedford View, good morning. Hi, Tumi. Hi, and hi to your listeners. Um, I must say, for personally for me, it's been extremely tough um, having to go through that imposter syndrome as an entrepreneur um, and always having to doubt myself because I'm trying to overthink a lot. The idea is there. Um, you know, uh, uh, the strategic um, entrance or launching of the idea is there. The opportunities are there. But it's a matter of, am I qualified enough? Um, the requirements are way too stringent. What if I don't make it? Um, will other people buy into my ideas? Instead of just putting myself out there, which is what I've uh, then realized, but this is now three years later, but I'm grateful for that because I've learned through the journey. Um, I've acquired all my, you know, compliance. And it's really a foundation that I needed to lay for myself to learn that I am good enough for, for the business. The idea is mine and it requires me to carry it through. Um, so, so I think for entrepreneurs, this is quite right. And mm-hmm. we are struggling, um, you know, with that self-doubt and self-sabotaging because we sort of, um, you know, restrict ourselves from opportunities because we're often overthinking and we're overanalyzing. Mm. So how have you found a way to deal with that, Nelly? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, for me, I would always follow people who have started from the ground up, um, you know, within line to what I'm doing. So your Porsche aim. Um, for the fact that they have inspiring stories and they started from nothing to something. And I always make sure that before I reach out for level 10, uh, level one, two, and three are solid. So as long as you know your story, you know what it is that you're talking about and you're open to educate yourself and also, you know, go in line with the requirements um, in terms of compliance, then you don't need to over question yourself mm. you've got all the answers so there's no need to doubt yourself mm. ah, Nelly thank yeah. you so much uh, amazing call there sharing your experience with us I appreciate uh, Nelly in Bedford View uh, Dr. Mashiro so uh, imposter syndrome that, that's another indication right when you have that imposter syndrome and then you self-sabotage you know because mm. sometimes you just think you're not deserving of, of some opportunities Definitely, it comes into play 
And uh, what is important to note when you're struggling or as an entrepreneur or as a human being, you know, doing the best that you can is to remember that in this life, perfection is an illusion. It does not exist. Mm. Therefore, that's how I feel uh, Nelly also worked on her perspective about her, you know, ability to deliver, that she showed herself grace. You know, I think as human beings, we also need to uh, be aware that life is 50-50. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it does not go well. And the, 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 also as a human being, we're also 50-50. Sometimes you make great choices. Sometimes there's a lesson to learn. So I think that grace and that, you know, uh, releasing that pressure on self to be perfect or to deliver something perfectly, to understand that, you know, there's sometimes lessons to learn in things that don't go the way we want them to go. But that is a part of life and it happens to everyone. And her bringing in, you know, other people's stories to see that, you know, someone who's successful has had times when things didn't work out. And that's a part of life. But it does not mean that you're a failure. It means that you're a human being. So once you start seeing yourself as a human being, to say that I come with, you know, flaws, I come with great things as well, and also seeing life as flawed sometimes, then it releases the pressure on self to deliver perfection, which doesn't exist. Because the more you aim for perfection, the more you miss it because it does not exist. Mm. So you can imagine you're almost shooting in the dark. So we need to understand that um, and, and do the inner work to to undo soldier mode because when you're a soldier you're on survival mode you know you're just going for the next big big thing uh, without reflecting and taking in stock of the emotions of you know what you experience and also uh, negative things also have a lot of energy so when negative things happen or there's a stumbling block you feel like oh my goodness it, it is very hard i'll never get over this because uh, negative things have that so we also need to have that balanced view that yes, this thing has challenges, but if I zoom in, I see that there's been great things that I have done in my life. There's been great ways I overcame these challenges. So to have that balanced view, even when things are not going our way, it's a skill that I think we need to learn as human beings. Mm, yeah. I want us to zoom in a little bit on, on those root causes, on the underlying issues that lead to self-sabotaging behavior. So, are we talking here about also patterns that are learned in childhood, uh, the deep-seated beliefs, maybe even the past experiences um, as well? C can that also be the reason why you know people self-sabotage? Because you may hold a view that was more entrenched when you were a child about, I don't know, relationships. Maybe you saw your parents, their relationship, their marriage was not working out, so you end up thinking that this is how relationships end or this is how relationships or marriages are conducted and as a result always you self-sabotage because you know that there's no way that this thing can be successful because I've never seen a picture or a scenario of a successful marriage in my childhood. Yes, um, you know, whatever it is we internalize into our system, so whatever it is you internalize as um you know, uh, something, for example, if you're internalizing pain or coming from a place of pain and you're seeing, uh, for example, that your relationship or someone else's relationship didn't work and you internalize that as, you know, the blueprint, then it becomes, uh, you know, the thing that drives you to protect self because human beings, we're very defensive or protective of self. Mm. So sometimes the pain was not necessarily your pain, but it was vicarious pain or secondary pain from observing other people's relationships and 
for you to protect yourself, then you would tend to then, you know, uh, not be authentic or full, full, full on uh, present in a relationship because of the fear of being hurt. Um, but once we understand, we get our minds to understand that um, pain is something that is a part of life that does happen, but it does not necessarily mean that everything will lead to the experience of pain. But that takes uh, a lot of work and, and introspection and, you know, that balanced view of life. But yes, when you have had pain in the past and you um, the pain is still there and it's not resolved because in the subconscious, if you're not uh, dealing with those things, they just wait for you to be ready to deal with the pain. Mm. So if you haven't resolved that pain, it means in your relationships, you are functioning from a place of pain. So that's why you get someone who was hurt many years ago, but because they did not sit with that pain to process and navigate it and to make sure that the scar is not bleeding, then they're functioning from a bleeding scar. And that's why then they would project or interact or behave, you know, from a place of pain. And uh, then the human mind or being uh, wants to then protect themselves from that pain. And that's where you get the self-sabotaging behavior yeah. that, you know, Talking yourself out of a great relationship before even, you know, attempting the relationship because of, you know, where you are functioning from. So that subconscious, even the, the subconscious mind really impacts how you relate and interact with people, whether you are conscious of it or not conscious of it. So that's why then we always indicate that it, there's power in understanding what's going on in there. Because even if you're not dealing with those things or avoiding them, it does not mean that they exist less in your subconscious. They are there and they are just waiting for you to sit with those things. Yes, yes. So a question from um, on Twitter, um, one listener who, who says, you, you and the guest spoke about people who self-sabotage because they fear success. Uh, please just explain that, uh, Dr. Mashiro, because this listener wants to understand how self-sabotage relates to that fear of of, of success why why would someone fear success to a point that they consciously or unconsciously self-sabotage um you know when you look at success it comes with a lot of expectations a lot of anxiety so you can imagine if you were someone who is anticipating success you know there's already in the mind expectations of how the success will be so if you are doubting your ability already for various reasons, whether it be someone has told you that you're not good enough. Now you can imagine if someone was told that they're not good enough and there's prospects of success and they internalize that they're not good enough. Now you can imagine if there is this, you know, they almost... Uh, where they wanted to be to succeed, uh, that can cause a lot of anxiety and they can feel like they will not be able to deliver. So now to protect self, mind will then go into the self-sabotaging behavior. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I can handle this, this, the conversation probably in their mind, and then they will talk themselves out of the success, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they would probably then uh, behave in a way that they know that if I act in this way, I'm likely not to be, you know, to succeed in this because, of course, the, the pain is coming from the, the whatever it is that had happened before in their life. So the, the, the whatever it is that's going on within, again, the subconscious mind can really lead to behaviors that do not make logical sense. 
mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. logic is like, but you should want to be successful, right? And you have been successful and you deserve to be here. But if someone is functioning from whatever trauma or whatever, you know, um, doubt that was planted and internalized, remember, whatever you internalize, you believe it and it becomes your reality mm-hmm. until you do the work to change that perspective. So if you haven't changed that perspective for that person, they truly believe that don't, they don't deserve that success. Yeah. So now you're telling them you are successful. Here's a position. And they're like, my goodness, I'm not meant to be here. Mm. And obviously they need to self-sabotaging behavior because they really have created the reality that they don't belong here. There. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, I've explained it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't be so it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, yeah, it is. Um, don't be sad to Zulu on the WhatsApp line. says, I realized that I was self-sabotaging because I had a very low self-esteem. So I didn't believe I deserved some opportunities. That's that's a message from Zeti there um, in Johannesburg. Here's a WhatsApp that's also come through. Uh, good morning, Clement. Swiss and Richard Bay. Happy New Year, brother. Welcome back. Uh, can I ask a question? What is the imposter syndrome? What does it mean? What does it stand for? All right. Thank you for the question, uh, Dr. Mashor. Miss that question. Sorry, there. What is? Well, uh, if you can help define and explain what the imposter syndrome is. Oh, okay. Imposter syndrome is uh, usually stems from um, anxiety or someone not uh, believing uh, the self-belief, not believing that they deserve to be in certain position or in certain rooms or in certain workplaces or certain relationships. So what happens is then uh, that person struggles, no matter the evidence, to actually believe that they deserve to be in that place. Uh, where they're appointed, right? So then it's almost like they then feel like they need to overcompensate. So they work twice as hard or half the time they really need to be conscious and uh, are present uh, doing things far beyond what it is that is expected of them, uh, which is very exhausting. And sometimes it can uh, mean that, you know, the, the person can also self-sabotage in that case because the anxiety is so overwhelming. Right, because they really feel like they don't belong there. So it's almost like you feel like you're an imposter, as in someone who does not belong there. Uh, you shouldn't be there. And and anyone uh, could suffer from the imposter syndrome, right? You often talk to like big CEOs uh, who are so incredibly successful. They're highly educated. They've got extensive experience, and and yet even they will tell you that they struggle with this uh, imposter syndrome. Yes, because the, of the pressure, but also it, it, it's, it's common in people who are uh, perfectionists mm. or people who are type A behavior. So people who are very hard on themselves, you know, in spite of the evidence that they are fantastic people, right? They, they struggle to believe it and therefore it comes out as the syndrome behaviors where the anxiety is there and then they're working extra long hours, you know, to just mm. make sure that they don't lose whatever it is that they have been given. They really feel like they don't belong there. And that's why I was saying that, you know, whatever it is that you internalize in your subconscious, it becomes your reality. So when you're working with someone who suffers from that, you need to really now uh, work on looking at the source of the behavior or the, the the view of self as an imposter. And then also, you know, eradicating that um, perspective that is causing so much anxiety and bringing in the evidence but dealing also with them holistically so that they view themselves in a balanced fashion and also mm. life and um, the expectations from people. Yeah, sure. 
I mean, yeah, Dr. Mashero, you guys must come up with a pill that just heals <laughs> imposter syndrome because, yo, it's a thing. It's 11.30. You must come sit with us. You must come sit with us. Yeah. No pill. <laughs> 7.02. Family Matters. All right, on our Family Matters feature this hour, we're discussing self-sabotage. How do you identify it? But also, how do you overcome self-sabotage? Many of us do this whether consciously or unconsciously. And I want to know how you navigate self-sabotage because perhaps you have unhealthy relationship beliefs. You know, some people do it because they fear success. Some people do it because they fear commitment or they fear getting hurt, right? Some people sabotage because they have low self-esteem. There's cognitive dissonance as well that can be at play. What's your reason for self-sabotaging? And have you found a way to deal with that? 011-883-0702. 011-883-0702. That's the number to dial on your WhatsApps. 072-702-1702. Dr. Tumi Mashero is a clinical and sports psychologist guiding us through this conversation. Uh, great show, Clement. Yes, I, I find myself self-sabotaging. Uh, um, I've worked this far to to study towards uh, my goals Um now the the problem is that i'm i'm actually at the age where i feel that i'm no longer uh, eligible uh, for the market Um, i'm actually 57 this year but as i was training and studying i was preparing myself for the company so the company is not hiring at the time and at this time and then the having challenges so but my regrets so far is i took too long to to study but now uh, self sabotaging comes with for me it's 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 because i i feel i'm no longer eligible for the market outside of the company as much as i qualify um i've got this uh, diplomas and stuff but now I feel that I don't qualify to go outside and seek work that I qualify for. So I think I'm self-sabotaging myself. I, every time there is this fear that will I make it, you know, that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for, for that um, voice note. Yeah, Dr. Masho, any reflections on that? You know, uh, that's a typical case of uh, someone who is saying things to self that I'm too old and everything we say, the self-talk or anything we think or anything we visualize, whether it has happened or not, or anything that we replay in our mind that has happened will always lead to certain feelings. So it sounds like for him, it's also leading to that thing of um, I'll never make it or that uh, uh, feeling of, you know, uh, regret. I think he mentioned that he is regretting taking so long or to study and it will lead to action. So everything we think will lead to feelings and therefore will become our reality. And uh, that's how we react and uh, behave. So now he needs to just have that mind shift to be aware of the things he says to himself. Those will become your reality. So if you say you are useless, you are correct, that type of thing. So you need to understand that whatever it is that you are saying to yourself, you believe it because the subconscious just takes in whatever you give it without question, without, you know, trying to make you think differently about it. So he needs to do the work 
in spite of the reality, to start working on what he says to himself so that he remains motivated. Because you can imagine if he is consumed by all the doubt, chances are he will likely feel anxious already before going to an interview, already talking himself the interview out of the job, out of the potential of being hired before they even do anything in the interview. So I think just the realization of the power of the things we think the things we internalize and the things we dwell on and visualize, even if they haven't happened, how are in that? Yeah. Mm. All right, let me, uh, may I please be anonymous on this one? You know, I I was on a self-destruction mission, uh, self-sabotaging, you know, for a number of years whereby I was not studying, I was not doing anything about my life. You know, I was just focusing on blaming everybody but not myself but then after a few years of actually a number of months uh, seeing a professional I actually managed to put my life in place again and try to rebuild the walls that I've demolished myself Happy New Year Clement welcome back Uh, self-sabotage so in the uh, performing arts industry uh, is something that we always have to deal with. I once I had self-sabotaged myself a couple of times. One was not by not going to an audition where I thought uh, I didn't qualify. And when I went to watch the show, I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and also with um, teaching jobs as well and facilitating jobs. Yeah, so... I've learned from there that no, I just have to go, you know, and present myself because it is what I have or what I can do. It's just that me now sometimes I'm thinking from a different uh, perspective. Clement in Chobek. Oh, Clement, thank you um, for, for, for that. And um, Paul also says on the WhatsApp line, uh, Dr. Mashiro, that um, self-sabotage or this imposter syndrome is real. At the age of 51, my manager is old enough. Um, my, my manager is old enough to be my child. I continue to underperform and yet me and others know that I can do it. And I even put in, in my annual review, I have no aspirations to be a manager or a director. I have severe ADHD. I've got anxiety and depression diagnosed uh, two years ago. Mpo. Uh, thank you for, 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 for sending that message for us. For, for someone who feels like that, Dr. Mashur, what do you recommend um, for them? Because as you said, there's surface things, but there's a lot that is bubbling under and that, that's what we need to deal with in order to deal with self-sabotage. You know, the thing with psychological uh, issues is that one must want the help, right? And the first step is to, you know, choose to start reflecting to say, I'm not okay because, uh, A, maybe I've got a lot of anxiety in these situations or I feel, you know, I don't look forward to going to work or I struggle with certain things. And also being in, um, you know, uh, soldier mode. You know, I think as a people, we tend to think of the worst case scenario. We're expecting anything to fall from the sky at any given time. So uh, when you start reflecting, you then need to unlearn some of the habits that come with being in soldier mode and to start working on being a civilian. 
civilian, you know, civilians sit and look at the sunrise and have coffee. <laughs> and that's how they view life, you know. And I, I always use that metaphor because uh, so people understand that, you know, the more pressure and the more uh, negativity you feed yourself, you end up just being on autopilot. And when you're in autopilot, you're not the best version of yourself. So then it becomes important really to breathe firstly and be present and mindful in the moment so that you're able to have clarity of thought so what then happens is if we're in soul we tend not to make decisions based on clarity so because we you know we're almost expecting the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and it's not always easy to find that balance and to sit you know, with the things that have happened to us that have impacted us negatively. It takes a lot of courage to come and see a professional like me. But when you invest in that, the the fruits are, you know, lifelong at times. So I always encourage people to go find a mirror so that you can see what's going on within because uh, it's very difficult to self-reflect sometimes um, in your own life and actually be objective. So sometimes you need that mirror and it doesn't mean, you know, you're crazy or, you know, I know there's a lot of stigma around seeking professional help, uh, but, you know, you're doing it so that you invest in yourself because you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. So you might as well get comfortable in your skin and, you know, become the best version of yourself while doing it. Yeah. Someone, in fact, a few people sent us uh, messages on the WhatsApp line about going through your partner's phone uh, someone on Twitter also referenced there that, you know, they used to just go through their partner's phone, even when they don't really have anything to suspect. But for them, it's to just see, you know, am I safe here? So if you don't come across with messages that suggest that there's an affair, then you know you can relax and trust in what's going on. But then if you find messages, um, you know, that suggest that there's an affair or the person is not serious with you, then you can start you know, plotting your way or you start cheating yourself as well. How how, how do self-sabotaging behaviors often appear in relationships? Um, it's, uh, you know, in relationships, intimate relationships, it's usually people saying, I don't want, I'm in a relationship. I would like to be in a relationship because, you know, I'm a human being and, you know, I crave that intimacy but also i don't want to be hurt so it's almost like Mm. conflicting ways to get into a relationship and for me to prevent myself from being hurt i'm going to do certain things either i'm going to hold back or i'm going to put one foot in and one foot out and uh then it means uh constantly then doing such things where you're checking on your partner's phone etc etc and um, i think uh, when you find yourself in that cycle of interaction uh, with your intimate partners, I think the work needs to be within you. So because you can imagine uh, uh, the messages, I mean, they can be taken out of context and, you know, there's no tone in a message. So you can make a rash decision based on something you don't quite comprehend the full story. But the issue is more in what causes you to actually not be comfortable enough, confident enough in the relationship you've chosen. Mm. Right. That's where then those things below the surface must really be attended to, because how do you go through life, you know, um, not interacting fully with the person that you are intimate with? Uh, And I think that's where the self-reflection comes in and where the healing must happen for you 
the person who's struggling with that so that you can, you know, become the best version of yourself. And also to understand that in choosing partners is also reflective of what's going on in our subconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. We choose people based on what's going on within there and we interact with them based on what's going on in there. So as human beings, we're constantly projecting whether we want to or not. We're constantly projecting. So that's why then it becomes important to really sit with self and do the work within. Mm. You you spoke about the importance of just affording ourselves grace. Um, yes. can, can you just explain how we can do that? Right, being compassionate to ourselves as we transition to this new way of being. We have to understand that as human beings, there is no perfection, right? The reason we are human beings because we are meant to learn, learn certain lessons in this life. And it's not just Clement, it's everyone, all human beings. And uh, we need to walk our own journeys. Uh, and uh, our journeys are unique and our personalities are unique. So you need to really get to know self. But for you to get to know self, you need to extend grace to self because uh, I cannot be what the next person is. I shouldn't judge myself against another person's judgments or standards. Uh, Additionally so, though, I need to also make sure that the standards I set for myself also allow me to be a human being. Because, for example, people who are hard on themselves have this black and white type of way of looking at life and themselves. So they go from, if I don't do this, it means I'm a failure. So they go from one to 10 very quickly. And when you show grace to yourself, it means you need to function in the gray area where you're not always in control. Because the minute you want to go from one to 10, it means you're trying to be in control of everything that you actually not meant to control. And whenever I tell people who are hard on themselves or perfectionists that, you know, we need to work on getting you in the gray area to function between one and 10, where there's many options of looking at the situation, right? Instead of going from one to 10, you actually need to look at the, the, the other ways of looking at the situation. And the minute they, uh, when I say, they say, no, I can't let myself off the hook. I must push myself and oh no, I won't be in control. So we need to understand that in life, you're not always in control of things, uh, certain things. And the only thing you're in control of is yourself. And that is where then you need to make sure that you actually learn how to be uh, without trying to control things beyond your control and do the work within yourself so that you can function um, uh, in a way that is actually beneficial for you. Mm. Embracing also the good and the bad. So in life, it's always 50-50, but also you are also 50-50. And that's how you actually begin to show yourself grace. Does that mean we also need to understand that hurt and pain is inevitable at some point? Mm. Be- because as I said earlier, you know, some people self-sabotage as a protective mechanism. And that's created by their own psyche to keep them safe from the potential danger, the potential harm. So you want to, you know, do something to prevent being hit. Whether you know for sure you're going to be hit or not, does this journey of navigating self-sabotage mean then we must just allow ourselves to understand that pain is also part of life and hurt is part of life. And I'm going to give myself fully into this experience, whether it's at work, whether it's in the family, whether it's in my marriage whether I'm going to get hurt or not, as opposed to be obsessed 
about the possibility of that danger and that hurt that I end up just self-sabotaging? Definitely, you know, pain is a part of life. The same joy is a part of life. And I think we really need to put that message across from, you know, childhood, you know, for people to understand that failure. Sometimes you do, you know, that's why I say that perspective that life is 50-50, you know. But when you are in that space where you self-sabotage, you're likely thinking that 99% of the time negative things happen and 1% is good things. Therefore, I must protect myself and, uh, you know, manage worst-case scenarios in before this 99% negative things happen. But actually, it's 50-50. Life is 50-50. You would get 50% of, you know, happening. Sometimes they don't go so great, but, you know, there's always ways to overcome. And uh, so I think we need to have that um, uh, view instilled in human beings or humanity that uh, sometimes great things happen, but also sometimes these things happen Uh, But preventing yourself from going there actually makes them more of a burden Mm. because what they do, they just sit and wait for you to um, address them. And people need to understand that hurt people also hurt other people, as the saying goes. I always add to that saying, um, hurt people hurt other people, even if they were unfairly hurt, right? And sometimes Mm. unintentionally. So if you are functioning from a place of hurt, you are likely projecting the hurt onto others or onto yourself. Yeah. Right. So the hurt is not just about you hurt the people who you're trying to relate with, but chances are maybe you're also hurting yourself because you're not dealing with the original uh, source of the pain. So it's very important to be aware that those that pain, yes, it's a lot, but it causes more damage when you don't sit with it. Mm. Uh, and it might be coming from trauma. And unfortunately, even if trauma is not your fault, the healing becomes our responsibility. So we need to understand that those things that are floating in the subconscious, it is our responsibility to sit with them so that we can thrive, not just survive as human beings and hopefully live our purpose. And and, and it, it's not easy. It takes courage to sit with those things because it's admitting a lot of things to self. You know, it could be failed relationships, you know, with family members at work. and and But also just... Um, there is a possibility of growth mm. and peace going beyond. And I think that's what people need to understand. That's why that journey becomes so important for mm. all of us. Oh, my goodness. Internal work <laughs> is so much work, yeah. Dr. Mashiro, but yeah. it's so important. It's like an it onion. Is. You're just peeling, up, peeling off and peeling off. And there's yeah. just so many yeah. layers. Uh, but it's so important yeah. if you want to live yeah. a fulfilled life and you yeah. really Definitely. want to be the best version of yourselves. Thank you so much for making time for us. That doc, that That's Dr. Dumi Mashiro, clinical and sports psychologist. I hope you understand more and much better about the imposter syndrome and self-sabotage and how you can navigate that.